Hi, I'm Heather, and I teach women all about finding joy in the life you live, experiencing the Holy Spirit's powerful transformation in your marriage, and gaining the support of sisters in Christ, women just like you, to encourage you along the way. I made the Marriage Grace with Heather podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies that are fully rooted in scripture, psychology, stories, and inspiration to help you and your marriage blossom. If you're a woman of Christ seeking a happy, loving, sacred marriage, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hi there. Heather here. Welcome to the Marriage Grace with Heather podcast. I'm so glad that you're tuning in today because this episode is a must for women of Christ who have a marriage that is slowly spiraling out of control. When your marriage is spiraling out of control, it's like you're on a roller coaster. There are high highs and low lows and not a whole lot in between. And it's exhausting. Not only are you on an emotional roller coaster, but it's an emotional roller coaster that's quickly taking you through bigger dips more frequently. It's scary because you know that your marriage is getting worse and you're having a whole lot more negative interactions than positive interactions with your spouse. These negative interactions that you're having in your marriage are depleting your energy, they're sucking out the core of who you are, and you're starting to lose yourself. You could be feeling helpless, fearful, and in distress. You may even be questioning who you are and don't recognize yourself anymore. Well, I'm here to tell you that I can lead you out of it. I've been exactly where you are and have learned how to transform my marriage into something beautiful. What I have to share with you today offers a full transformation into the strong woman that God designed you to be. Guided by the Holy Spirit and bringing God into the center of your marriage to begin living the life that God designed for you. Did you know that in order to have that happy, loving marriage that you so desire, it requires 10 positive interactions to every negative interaction? So what is your positive to negative interaction and how do you get it to be 10 to 1 or better? This is what God offers us in a sanctified marriage and it's available to all who believe in Jesus Christ. In this episode, I'll be helping you avoid letting Satan have power in your life and stop letting your marriage spiral further and further out of control. I'll be walking you through a three-step plan that will give you a new freedom in the Holy Spirit to guide your marriage in all circumstances and allow you to release all the stresses and worries of this world so that you and your marriage can reach that 10 to 1 positive interaction ratio and begin experiencing more joy. So taking action on this three-step plan will alleviate the roller coasters of ups and downs and guide you on a path to a healthy, stable, loving marriage. These three steps are first, gain self-awareness of your operating system. Second, love God. And third, practice the presence of the Holy Spirit. So each of these three steps is exactly what you need to remove Satan from your life and let the Holy Spirit begin transforming your marriage. I'm going to warn you, these steps aren't easy, but it's so worth it. I promise. There's a lot to cover, so let's dig in. The first step, you must gain self-awareness of your own operating system. 
This is to have an understanding of what your fears are. Did you know that the opposite of love is actually not hate? The opposite of love is fear. When we operate out of fear, we lose the freedom to love. And our fears are actually what prevent us from having love. Fear is defined as an emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger, evil, or pain, whether or not that threat is real or imagined. The second part of the definition is really important, that real or imagined part. Fear is great to have when it's real. For example, our flight and fight and flight response is triggered if we see a snake while we're on a hike. This fear helps us respond in a way that protects us, but When fear is triggered by something that's imagined and it isn't really harmful, it can cause us to unknowingly act in ways that are unloving. Operating based on fear means we try to avoid our feelings or we try to control situations in unhealthy ways in order to protect ourselves from perceiving, experiencing, or feeling pain, grief, sadness, loneliness, or discomfort any of those negative emotions. This same operating system that works to avoid or control our uncomfortable feelings also protects against our ability to feel love and joy. That's right. Our own fears can actually block us from feeling love. And that's the whole thing that we're actually after. So we're standing in our own way when we operate out of our fears. So what are the most common fears? I'm going to go through them and I want you to try to identify which ones relate to how you feel. Fear of failure. Fear of rejection. Fear of being alone. Fear of embarrassment. Fear of being controlled. And fear of conflict. When my marriage was at its worst, it w- I was confronted with fears of the unknown, like if I were to get a bo- divorce, would I be capable of being a single parent? Would my son grow up healthy? What if the child custody, custody arrangement wasn't in my favor? I fed into fears of failure, rejection, and being alone, and I let them take priority in how I responded to problems in my marriage. Since then, I've learned that if you bend yourself to work around someone else's sin and let that sin into your life, you are also yourself living in sin and giving Satan a free pass to live in your home. So my fears about a failed marriage kept me from taking the very actions I needed to take to enforce boundaries that were needed for love to to grow. So it's really important that you take a moment to sit down and write down all of your fears. In order to overcome operating from fear, you first need to have an awareness of what your fears are. Maybe you identified with some of the fears that I struggled with, and maybe you have a completely different set of fears that are controlling you. When you go through this very personal exercise with yourself, give yourself grace and compassion to be open and honest with yourself. Don't judge yourself. Almost everyone struggles with operating out of fears that they've developed through different life experiences and perspectives. And everyone can challenge themselves to uncover their own fears because I truly believe that there isn't a single person that doesn't live without fears. For example, all of those what-if scenarios that you've run through in your head for some future unknown in your life are all driven from these fears that you carry. 
So today I don't have a solution for you to stop having these fears because it's a very normal part of being human, but what I do offer you is the ability to overcome your fears so that they are no longer controlling you. With the Holy Spirit, you can learn to stop operating from fear, which is known as the flesh, and start operating from love, which is called the spirit. This means that there's two sides of us. As humans, we are all sinners, and by nature, we operate in the flesh. But through Jesus' perfect life and sacrifice for us, we all have the ability to operate in the spirit. So now that you have an understanding and self-awareness around your fears, let's move on one step further to step number two, which is to love God. In times of struggle in your marriage, your love for each other may not be enough to hold you and your husband together. So being motivated to make changes to grow personally for the benefit of your spouse is likely not something you or your spouse is willing to do if there isn't enough love present for each other, and you're on that roller coaster of ups and downs that we talked about earlier. You may want each other to change, but are not motivated to improve yourself, so therefore nothing changes and, and things only get worse. If change, however, is required for your marriage to succeed, either of you may not feel it's fair to be the one to make those personal changes that are needed to grow in maturity. Or you may feel that it's too painful to make these types of changes. And so they don't happen. There's a lot that can stand in the way from making the changes in ourselves that make our marriages successful. However, and this is a big however, if you have enough love for God, then you will be motivated to make the changes that God wants you to take. And God will give you the strength needed to do what he asks of you. So you may not be able to commit to change for each other, but you both can certainly commit to change in your love for God and your obedience to him. Committing to the changes that God wants you to make means you're making these changes for God, not yourself, not your spouse, not your marriage. You are first and foremost investing in your relationship and obedience with God. As psychologists Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend state, when loving God is our orienting principle in life, we are always adjusting to what he requires from us. So life has so many personal growth moments, and as imperfect people, we all stand to evolve, grow, and change personally. It's true that some people may be more flawed than others, but it doesn't change the fact that we all have flaws, and God is working in each and every one of us to help us mature and grow in his love. So in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, Proverbs instructs us in this very way. Here's what the scripture says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So God empowers us to change and tells us how to change. He is in charge, and we need this. We need someone bigger than ourselves to answer to because we are all limited by our own flaws and our own fears. Loving God and answering to God is the very thing that allows the Holy Spirit to live in you and gives you the strength and ability to operate from the Spirit instead of the flesh to overcome your fears. So I want to go a little bit into 
what Paul states about this with such clarity in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, adultery, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, discord, division, envy, drunkenness, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I don't think the Bible could spell it out any more clearly than it does here. These verses concisely outline the limitation of our own flawed nature as we operate from our flesh and that the Holy Spirit is needed as the authority in each of our lives. So now that you've gained awareness of your fears that you subconsciously operate from in the flesh and you know that your love for God is what enables you to grow and change to become your best self, which ultimately benefits you, your spouse, and your marriage. The third step is how to operate from the Spirit through practicing the presence of God. Loving God is practicing the presence of God in everyday life and having the Holy Spirit live within you and guide you on your journey. It's living with a higher purpose. And let me tell you, there is nothing better. Just as clearly as Paul described our sinful nature as we operate in the flesh, he also shares with us exactly what the Holy Spirit brings into our lives. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, Paul goes on, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, that is exactly the description that we are all seeking in our lives and in our marriages. If anyone could describe the marriage they want, and it has these nine fruits of the Spirit in that description. Paul goes on to provide instructions of how we are to practice the presence of God and operate out of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, he advises, Since we are all living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And every part of our lives means just that, all the way down to the ordinary tasks of life, like washing the dishes. The most ordinary parts of life are important to bring God into, because when you bring God into both the ordinary and important aspects of your life, it can make it extraordinary. If you haven't read The Practicing the Presence of God, a Christian literary classic by Brother Lawrence, I highly recommend reading a copy. It's a very short book, but powerful in the way that this man lived. He lived fully present with God in every task in his life and experienced great joy in everyday living with immense love for those that were in his life. He understood that to lose your life to God by loving him with your heart, mind, and soul is actually to gain your heart, mind, and soul and experience the fruits of the Spirit in your everyday life and your marriage. So as part of this presence with God, 
Bring your burdens to the Lord, not to your spouse. It's fine to share your struggles with your spouse as you connect with each other, but do not put burdens on each other as you experience different crises in life. Take your burdens to God and ask him for guidance in these areas. One of the areas that I struggled in my marriage was that we needed to overcome um, you know, negative attitude and constant complaining. And my husband brought these problems that he had very, very frequently um, with this negative attitude to me. And he would share these burdens over and over again and unload them onto me and expect me to help him feel better about them. And at the time, I didn't know how to create a boundary about it. So I let it happen thinking as his wife, it's my responsibility to be there and be supportive of him in this way. However, this actually put me in a position of taking care of him instead of being his wife and his equal. And I let him complain and he would and I would say what I could to help him feel better and and hope that I gave him relief from some of his problem. But the issue is, is that as a wife, that wasn't my job and it shouldn't be. That's really not healthy. It's healthy to share your life with your spouse and the challenges that you face in your life, but you are not to burden your spouse and your spouse is not to burden you. This can be a major killer for intimacy and you really do need intimacy for marriage to exist. So now we share our lives with each other, but bring our burdens to the Lord, not each other as we seek comfort and guidance through the Holy Spirit. Once we were able to make this shift in our marriage where he began, my husband began unloading his burdens to God and I put a boundary in place for this responsibility, I felt a huge weight lifted and my husband did too. So I no longer had the burden of carrying his burdens and my husband received the comfort and guidance that he actually needed through God that he couldn't benefit from through me. So it's not possible to let sin into your life when you are in alignment with the Holy Spirit. This is why it's so important that you invite God into deep conversation regularly throughout your day and not limit this only to times that you set aside for prayer. Developing a relationship with God is what practicing his presence is all about. So in that book that I had mentioned earlier, consider the way that Brother Lawrence described how he went into his own life, um, how he went to God in his own life. He shared that we might accustom ourselves to continual conversations with him, a conversation free of mystery and the utmost simplicity, that we need only to know God intimately present in us to address ourselves to him at every moment, to ask his aid, to discern his will in doubtful things, and to do well those things we see clearly he is demanding of us offering them to him before doing them and giving him thanks for having done them for him after we have done them. So operating in the spirit means asking God for help, asking God for guidance in things that you are doubtful about, to do what God demands of you, and to give thanks for the strength that God provides you to fulfill those demands. Brother Lawrence also recognized that our thoughts spoil everything and the trouble begins with them. So when your thoughts deviate from that which is pure, honorable, and true, correct your thinking by resuming conversation with God and he will help you to attain your greatest well-being. This takes practice, but practice creates good habits. So 
have a conversation with God about all areas of struggle. For example, if you're struggling with forgiveness in your marriage, ask God to help you in this area. Not to to not superficially get forgive, but to actually forgive in the depths of your soul. And be specific too with God when you speak with him. In this case, in this example, you might ask God how he sees your husband so that you can begin to see your husband through God's eyes, which will help with your forgiveness. You might also ask for guidance on how to love your husband because God loves your husband and he loves you. He is the unbiased center of your relationship that you can always count on for guidance. As Brother Lawrence concluded, the shortest path to God was by continual exercise of love while doing all things for the love of God. All right, friends, I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. Remember that following steps three to one, gain self-awareness, two, love God, and three, practice the presence of God will give you a new freedom in the Holy Spirit, guiding your marriage in all circumstances and releasing you of your burdens, stresses, and worries of the world while replacing them with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. By taking action in this area, you'll also be stripping Satan from having power in your life and to stop your marriage from moving further down the path to failure. As Proverbs chapter 10 verse 24 says, the fears of the wicked will be fulfilled. The hopes of the godly will be granted. To me, this means that good overcomes evil. Putting your hope and trust in God and operating in alignment with the Holy Spirit is how you overcome your fears and begin operating in alignment with the Holy Spirit in your marriage and all aspects of your life. When your marriage is spiraling out of control and you're on an emotional roller coaster, these three steps are what will lift you out of it and transform your marriage into something beautiful. You can do this, and I can't wait to see the transformation in your lives. See you same time, same place next week. Can't wait. Looking to dig in deeper to have a happy, loving, sacred marriage? Visit marriagegrace.com for more resources and tune in every Thursday for new, simple, actionable strategies to help you and your marriage blossom. Thanks for joining me on Marriage Grace with Heather. See you next time and God bless.